you are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny, we'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes, and we'll pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. In our last episode, we spoke about the Atlantic Charter, the Bruin Storm, prelude to the Atlantic Charter, crossing the Atlantic, the meaning of giants, and creating the Charter, the forge of ideals. I am your host Steve Matthews. Join us as we expand on our story and talk about impact and influence, the Atlantic Charter in the World War II theater, the aftermath, from war to peace, and legacy of the Charter, echoes in modern times. Chapter 4, Impact and Influence the Atlantic Charter in the World War II Theater. In the darkest hours of World War II, when the very essence of liberty was under threat, the Atlantic Charter emerged as a beacon of hope. This historic document, crafted by the joint efforts of President Roosevelt and Prime Minister Churchill, was more than just a set of principles, it became a rallying cry for freedom, democracy, and justice. The Allies, combat-weary yet unyielding, found in the Charter a reason to persevere. For soldiers on the front lines, the ideals of the Charter were a reminder of the values they were fighting for. These were principles worth defending, self-determination, disarmament, economic equality, and a just peace system. The Charter gave the Allies a morale boost, infusing their fight with renewed vigor and purpose. Similarly, for the occupied countries of Europe, the Atlantic Charter stoked the fires of resistance. It offered a glimpse of a future where tyranny was vanquished, and nations were free to chart their own course. Underground resistance movements, buoyed by the principles of the Charter, grew bolder in their defiance against the Axis powers. The document's messages were clandestinely circulated, strengthening the resolve of the oppressed and giving them hope for liberation. A pivotal moment was the endorsement of the Charter by the Soviet Union. Despite ideological differences with the Western Allies, the Soviets recognized the value of a united front against the Axis. The principles of the Charter resonated with the Soviets, particularly the commitment to disarmament and a lasting peace system. Beyond the battlefields and the covert resistance operations, the Atlantic Charter had a significant impact on the global populace. Its universal principles touched a chord with common people, weary of war and longing for a peaceful, free world. Radio broadcasts and newspaper articles spread the message of the Charter far and wide, fostering a sense of unity and common purpose. The Atlantic Charter thus played a pivotal role in boosting morale and stoking resistance during World War II. Crafted on the decks of warships, it transcended geographical boundaries to inspire millions asserting the power of words as a weapon in the fight for freedom and peace. Its influence was testament to the vision of its creators, Roosevelt and Churchill, and their unwavering belief in the resilience of democratic values. 
the Atlantic Charter sent ripples of concern through the Axis powers, who perceived it as a tangible manifestation of Allied unity and determination. For the likes of Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini, and Hideki Tojo, this potent symbol of unity was a threat that required a response. In Germany, Hitler dismissed the Charter as a flimsy piece of propaganda, but he could not ignore the implications it carried. The Fuhrer, known for his fiery speeches and bombastic rhetoric, made every effort to deride the Charter. He portrayed it as a desperate attempt by the democracies to paper over their ideological differences and described it as an expression of Anglo-American imperialism. Yet, beneath this bluster, Hitler and his inner circle were uneasy. The Charter's vision of a world free from tyranny, conflict, and oppression was directly opposed to the Nazi doctrine of racial supremacy and territorial expansion. Hitler responded with increased military aggression, hoping to shatter the Allies' unity and resolve before the principles of the Charter could take root. In Italy, Mussolini reacted similarly. He denounced the Charter as a utopian dream of the democracies and used it to fuel the flames of his own propaganda machine. Yet, like Hitler, he couldn't entirely disregard the ideological threat posed by the Charter, leading to an escalation in Italy's military engagement. Meanwhile, in Japan, the response was more measured. Hideki Tojo, who would soon be prime minister, saw the Charter as evidence of the West's intention to maintain its global influence. The Charter's emphasis on self-determination and economic collaboration ran counter to Japan's imperialistic ambitions in Asia. In response, Japan continued to strengthen its military presence in the Pacific, setting the stage for future confrontations. The Atlantic Charter, despite its peaceful ideals, was seen by the Axis powers as a direct challenge to their ambitions. In turn, their reactions and counter-strategies led to increased tension and conflict, further escalating the Second World War. The Charter had affirmed the unity of the Allies and outlined their vision for the future, but it had also drawn a line in the sand between the forces of freedom and tyranny. As World War II raged on, the Atlantic Charter, a beacon of hope amid global chaos, began to influence the course of the war and the strategies of its main architects, Churchill and Roosevelt. Churchill, the British bulldog, had long understood that the war was more than a series of battles, it was a fight for the values that defined humanity. The Charter's principles, reflective of his own convictions, helped him steer Britain through its darkest hours. He used the Charter's message of hope, unity, and freedom to galvanize the British populace and bolster the morale of his troops. The principle of self-determination became a cornerstone of his speeches, reminding the world that the fight against the Axis was a fight for the right of all nations to determine their destinies. Across the Atlantic, Roosevelt faced a different challenge. As a leader of a nation not yet at war, he had to tread a delicate line between maintaining neutrality and supporting the Allies. The Atlantic Charter provided him with a diplomatic tool to lend moral support to the Allies without directly engaging in the conflict. It also helped shape his Lend-Lease policy, which was framed to ensure economic collaboration and equal access to trade and resources as espoused in the Charter. When Japan's attack on Pearl Harbor thrust the U.S. into the war, Roosevelt used the Charter to rally the American people. 
he painted the war as a struggle for the principles outlined in the Charter, framing it as a battle between the democratic values of the Allies and the tyrannical ambitions of the Axis. The Charter also influenced the formation of the United Nations. Its principles of disarmament, economic collaboration, and a just peace system provided a blueprint for the post-war order. Churchill and Roosevelt both played pivotal roles in the establishment of the UN, ensuring that the vision of the Atlantic Charter lived on beyond the war. In the crucible of war, the Atlantic Charter proved to be more than a document. It was a moral compass, guiding Churchill and Roosevelt as they navigated the complexities of global conflict. It shaped their policies, informed their strategies, and helped turn the tide of war in favor of the Allies. The Charter, born on a battleship amidst the storm of war, became a testament to the enduring power of ideals in shaping the course of history. Chapter 5 The Aftermath From War to Peace As World War II neared its conclusion, the principles of the Atlantic Charter were set to influence not only the peace negotiations but also the structure of the post war world. The Charter's first test came at the Yalta Conference in February 1945 where the Big Three Roosevelt, Churchill, and Stalin convened to discuss Europe's post-war reorganization. The Charter, with its stress on self-determination, was at the forefront of these discussions. Despite encountering resistance from Stalin, who was wary of losing Soviet influence in Eastern Europe, Churchill and Roosevelt persistently advocated for the Charter's principles. When the war finally ended with the surrender of Japan in September 1945, the Atlantic Charter had set the stage for the New World Order. The victorious Allies, though varied in their political ideologies, had the Charter's principles as a shared foundation for creating a peaceful world. Roosevelt, who unfortunately didn't live to see the end of the war, had already ensured that the Charter's principles were woven into the fabric of the United Nations an organization conceived to prevent future global conflicts. The UN Charter, adopted in June 1945, reflected the ideals of the Atlantic Charter, including respect for self-determination, disarmament, and economic equality. Churchill, although no longer prime minister when the war ended, remained an influential figure. He saw the Charter's principles come to life as nations freed from Axis control started choosing their own paths. The Charter also influenced the decolonization process that would soon begin, with colonies striving for self-determination, a key principle of the Charter. In the ashes of World War II, the Atlantic Charter rose as a phoenix, shaping the blueprint for a world eager to turn the page on a dark chapter. The principles outlined by Roosevelt and Churchill on those two battleships had weathered the storm of war and emerged as guiding lights for a world yearning for peace, justice, and freedom. The journey from the Atlantic Charter to the United Nations is a remarkable story of how the ideals of peace, freedom, and collaboration, first outlined on the decks of warships, found their place in an international organization devoted to preserving world peace. The Atlantic Charter, born from the urgent necessity of wartime alliance, had always been envisaged by its creators, Roosevelt and Churchill, as a document with a life beyond the war. They hoped that the principles it espoused would guide the world into a lasting peace after the horrors of World War II. When the United Nations was conceived, 
the principles of the Atlantic Charter were there to guide its structure and purpose. The UN Charter, the founding document of the United Nations, echoes the themes of the Atlantic Charter. Both documents stress the importance of self-determination, disarmament, and economic collaboration. Key figures in the creation of the United Nations, such as American statesman Cordell Hull and British diplomat Sir Alexander Cadogan, had witnessed the development of the Atlantic Charter. They were well-versed in its principles and understood the significance of incorporating these ideals into the UN's charter. The United Nations was established in October 1945, just over four years after the signing of the Atlantic Charter. With the war over, the focus had shifted from defeating the Axis to building a peaceful world order, and the UN was seen as the vehicle to achieve this. While the transition from the Atlantic Charter to the United Nations wasn't without challenges, the influence of the Charter was undeniable. Even the site chosen for the UN's headquarters, the east coast of the United States, resonated with the origins of the Atlantic Charter. The principles of the Atlantic Charter, thus, found a permanent home in the United Nations. They continue to guide the organization's mission and work, embodying the vision of a peaceful, free, and collaborative world that Roosevelt and Churchill had imagined amidst the turmoil of war. The legacy of the Atlantic Charter lives on, testifying to the enduring power of ideas and shaping the course of history. The legacy of Winston Churchill and Franklin Delano Roosevelt extends beyond their roles as war leaders. Their ideas, their determination, and their vision for a peaceful, free world continue to inspire generations long after their passing. Churchill, often remembered for his stirring speeches and unwavering resolve, left behind a legacy that was rooted in the principles of the Atlantic Charter. His belief in self-determination and his commitment to freedom and justice continue to guide Britain and the wider world. He is remembered as the Prime Minister who guided Britain through its finest hour and as a statesman who sought to build a world where nations could coexist peacefully. Roosevelt's legacy is equally remarkable. Despite facing the challenges of the Great Depression and World War II, he held fast to his vision of a world defined by peace, freedom, and economic collaboration. His New Deal policies reshaped the American economy, but his influence extended well beyond the U.S. borders. Through the Atlantic Charter and his role in founding the United Nations, Roosevelt played a crucial part in shaping the post-war world order. The Atlantic Charter itself is a testament to their enduring legacy. It embodies their shared vision for a post-war world order based on peace, self-determination, and economic collaboration. More than a wartime alliance, the Charter served as a blueprint for the United Nations and continues to influence international relations and policies. Even after their passing, Churchill and Roosevelt continue to inspire. Their words, their ideals, and their unwavering belief in a better world remain as relevant today as they were in the darkest days of World War II. Through the Atlantic Charter, their vision lives on, a beacon of hope and a testament to the power of ideas to shape the world. Chapter 6 Legacy of the Charter Echoes in Modern Times In the aftermath of World War II, the world was witness to a transformative period known as decolonization. Empires crumbled, 
and nations previously under colonial rule strove to reclaim their sovereignty. In this seismic shift, the principles of the Atlantic Charter played a pivotal role. Decolonization was not a uniform process, each country experienced its own unique journey to independence. Yet, throughout these varied paths, the principle of self-determination as enshrined in the Atlantic Charter served as a guiding light. In India, leaders such as Jawaharlal Nehru and Mahatma Gandhi, while leading the fight for independence from Britain, referred to the Charter's principles to assert their country's right to self-determination. Similarly, in Africa, national leaders like Kwame Krumah of Ghana and Jomo Kenyatta of Kenya invoked the Charter as they led their nations towards freedom. It wasn't just the colonized nations that were influenced by the Charter. The colonizers, too, especially Britain, found themselves grappling with the ideals they had endorsed. The Charter had made it clear that territorial changes should respect the wishes of the inhabitants, essentially supporting the right to self-determination. This principle posed a challenge to colonial powers as they navigated the post-war world. Interestingly, Churchill, one of the architects of the Charter, found himself in a complicated position. While he was a staunch believer in the British Empire, he also understood the power of the principles he had endorsed. His successors in the British government grappled with this dichotomy as they navigated the decolonization process. Despite the complexities and challenges, the Atlantic Charter's impact on decolonization was profound. It provided moral support to independence movements and added international pressure on colonial powers to reassess their policies. It offered a vision of a world where nations, regardless of their size or strength, had the right to control their own destinies. Decolonization was a transformative process that reshaped the global political landscape. And amidst this upheaval, the Atlantic Charter, with its powerful message of self-determination, played an instrumental role, underscoring once again the enduring influence of Roosevelt and Churchill's visionary document. In the decades since its creation, the Atlantic Charter has undergone numerous interpretations, reflecting the changing dynamics of the world. As a document that aspired to global peace and cooperation, its principles are continually being examined and reinterpreted in light of modern realities. Historians and political scientists continue to debate the implications of the Atlantic Charter, particularly its commitment to self-determination and economic collaboration. Some argue that the Charter, with its principle of non-aggression, can be seen as a predecessor to modern doctrines of international relations, such as responsibility to protect, which seeks to ensure global security by preventing atrocities. Additionally, the Charter's principles of economic collaboration and improved labor standards have been compared to the goals of present-day international economic institutions such as the World Trade Organization and the International Labor Organization. In the field of human rights, scholars have pointed to the Charter's influence on the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. The Charter's commitment to freedom, justice, and peace are seen as an early endorsement of the fundamental rights that would later be enshrined in the Declaration. Political leaders, too, continue to reference the Atlantic Charter. In discussions on contemporary issues such as climate change, inequality, or global security, they often invoke the Charter's vision of international cooperation and shared responsibility. 
However, modern interpretations of the Charter are not without controversy. Critics argue that its principles, particularly self-determination, have often been selectively applied or interpreted to suit the interests of powerful nations. Others contend that the Charter's ideals, while noble, are often compromised by realpolitik and economic considerations. Yet, despite these debates, the significance of the Atlantic Charter remains undiminished. It continues to be a reference point for discussions on global governance, international cooperation, and human rights. The Charter's enduring influence is a testament to the vision of its creators, Churchill and Roosevelt, and their belief in a world defined by peace, freedom, and collaboration. As we grapple with the challenges of the 21st century, the principles of the Atlantic Charter continue to guide and inspire, reflecting its enduring relevance in an ever-changing world. The Atlantic Charter, while a product of the World War II era, remains profoundly relevant in the 21st century. In a world marked by new challenges such as climate change, global terrorism, and the rise of digital technologies, the Charter's principles continue to provide guidance and inspiration. The principle of self-determination, central to the Charter, resonates in contemporary discussions around nationalism, statehood, and the rights of indigenous peoples. From the debates on Brexit to the struggles of the Kurdish people, the notion of self-determination is as relevant today as it was in the 1940s. The Charter's vision of economic collaboration also remains pertinent in today's globalized economy. As nations grapple with the complexities of international trade, the effects of globalization, and the implications of digital economies, the Charter's commitment to equal access to the trade and raw materials needed for economic prosperity remains a touchstone for policymakers and economists. The advent of climate change has lent new urgency to the Charter's principle of preserving peace and security. With rising sea levels, extreme weather events, and the potential for climate-induced conflicts, the Charter's call for collective responsibility and mutual support has never been more relevant. As we navigate the digital age, even the Charter's commitment to freedom of the seas takes on new dimensions. Today, this principle extends beyond the traditional understanding of maritime freedom to include freedom in digital spaces. The debates around net neutrality, digital rights, and cyber warfare all echo the Charter's commitment to freedom and fair access. However, the 21st century also poses challenges to the Charter's principles. New forms of conflict, such as cyber warfare, challenge traditional notions of war and peace. The rise of non-state actors complicates the principle of self-determination. Yet, even as we grapple with these challenges, the Atlantic Charter serves as a moral and philosophical compass, guiding our responses and reminding us of the ideals we strive for. In the 21st century, the Atlantic Charter continues to live on, not just as a historical document, but as a living testament to the enduring values of peace, freedom, and cooperation. Its principles, so visionary in the 1940s, continue to resonate in our complex, interconnected world, reflecting the timeless wisdom of its creators and their enduring vision for a better world.